0: Welcome to the Bonyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of the Yard as we celebrate a big Mississippi State win, big and we took care of business. Not big because of the quality of the opponent. Not going to sit here and oversell Bowling Green. They have been decent this year. Of course, they one in three on the season. So. I think it's important to kind of take things in context, but we did the things that we needed to do in this ball game. We're going to break the game down and have some fun doing it. I'm going to give you guys a Rock Vegas update as well. We expect to announce a sellout at some point today, at the latest tomorrow, but probably today. Had a really big weekend uh, for ticket sales. So we're almost there. So Rock Vegas will be a sold-out show. That is tremendous. Thanks to all of you that have uh, made that possible and some great sponsors we're going to talk about them uh, later in the week on the show encourage you to patronize those businesses that have done their part to help us bring this great event to Starkville spent some time yesterday talked to uh, Lillian Axe's agent talked to their road manager Uh, we've got some cool things coming in and um, there's always another check to write right I mean that's just kind of how it always works but um, you know it's Rock Vegas week so Friday this Friday, Hobie's on Main in the old State Palace Theater. It's downtown, downstairs. It's going to be a rocking night. We're going to have four-way stop, Twist, and and Axe there. And uh, it feels like I've been working on this forever and a day, but it's all come together pretty quickly. Uh, and then we'll all get together and uh, have a great time on Friday. I'm sure Friday I will be very stressed and trying to make sure everything goes well. However, I'm doing good right now. Had a good plan, executed a plan, and now here we are. And uh, as we get into Monday, I'm not stressed and worrying about anything. These tickets are going to sell out. Going to have a cool little light show, some extra PA, and three killer bands and all of you. But again, thanks so much. A lot of people donated tickets too, and uh, that says a lot about our fan base. A lot of people said, Steve, I can't make the show but I'll buy tickets, and you can donate them to students, and uh, drop some tickets off Friday to the staff of the Reflector and the DGs. My sister Reagan was a DG at State, and so some of the ladies, of course not all the ladies, some of the ladies of DG will be able to attend the show, free of charge, courtesy of some amazing Mississippi State fans that were like, you know what, hey, I want to support the event, but I can't make it. I had one one gentleman bought 50 tickets to give the students. And those have already been uh, passed out. Now, what I'm going to do, There's some of you that are students that listen to this show. So one day this week, probably on Wednesday, I'm going to take what's left of the donated tickets, and I'm going to go to the drill field on campus. I don't know, probably on 1 o'clock or something. I'll, I'll tweet it out, and I'm going to give those tickets, first come, first serve, to students that meet me on the drill field. That's how we're going to do it. Cause I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, well, you know, I didn't get a chance. I don't have Steve, I don't have any money, but I want to go to the show. So I'm going to give you a chance. Meet me on the drill field, probably Wednesday around one or two o'clock. I'll tweet it out. I'll talk about it on Wednesday show. It'll all be on social media. So I'm going to meet students there. And the only thing that I ask is that you use a ticket, and you don't resell it. You use a ticket and you come to the show. I know when I was a college student, if somebody offered me free tickets to a rock show, I'd have been all over that. So that's what we're going to do. What's left of the donated tickets, and there won't be a ton of them, but there will be some. And I'll be there, and uh, we'll just have everybody that shows up and says, hey, Steve, I want to go to Rock Vegas, I'll hand them a ticket and while supplies last. And then we'll pack the house, and uh, we, do, we do have a cap there, of course, because we're going to be compliant with the fire marshal, we, and we... We're going to be under total capacity because we got to think we got to account for the workers and myself and uh, the sponsors and the bands and people like that. So it'll be a full house. It'll be a great time. I was down at Hobie's a couple of days this weekend. I'll be there probably every day this week, just kind of going to, you know, kind of being around the venue, making sure things are getting done. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience, but uh, I'm ready to rock, man. I don't know about you guys, I'm ready to rock. And then next weekend, on the Friday before we play Arkansas, we'll find out the time of that game today. I'm heading down to New Orleans to go watch Lillian X play again next Friday. being be in Jefferson. I guess that's uh, South Point. South Point Music Hall there in New Orleans. So I'll see Lillian this weekend and next weekend. So maybe if you're a South Louisianian and you can't make it to this weekend show, um, you can check them down there. And then I'll turn right around Saturday morning and drive back on game day and be here in time to cover the game against the University of Arkansas. And uh, we'll talk about what happened to the Razorbacks over the weekend on today's show. So again, thanks to everybody that has made Rock Vegas so successful thus far. Uh, If memory serves me correct, we're nearly at $20,000 raised. For the Bulldog Initiative, I believe that's correct. I think after today, once we sell these tickets today, and again probably latest tomorrow, but I do think it happens today. We'll be over twenty thousand, and then if we sell all the merch, and we'll give people a chance to donate too while they're there. Our goal is to raise twenty-five thousand dollars, and it looks like we got a good chance of doing that. And that is absolutely incredible. And again, thanks to all of you that have made this possible. And you know what? Here's the thing too. Maybe you didn't buy tickets. Maybe you just didn't feel inclined to do so, but you still want to be involved in all this, you can still give to the Bulldog Initiative, and I encourage you to do so. Charlie did a Zoom call yesterday, kind of in the air of transparency. It's like, hey, listen, let's talk about this, kind of get some things out there. And and let me say this, where would we be without Charlie Winfield? honest to goodness ask yourself that where would we be if Charlie Winfield hadn't gotten involved in all this because you know originally we had uh, you know a The legacy group was out doing some things and uh, that that didn't work out we had the Starville NIL thing and that that's not nearly as, uh, as good for our players perhaps as some people suggested that it would be but if we didn't have Charlie Winfield doing this who would do it who would be involved in all this where would the support come from? What happens if Charlie just wakes up tomorrow and says, you know what, I'm done with this? Where, where would Mississippi State be? That's one of the reasons I did this show, to support Charlie and to support the Bulldog Initiative. I did this to make sure everybody understands, to bring awareness to all this, how important all this is. And again, I'm not going to preach about it for long, but I just want to make sure you understand Charlie Winfield May not get the credit. There won't be a book written one day where we, uh, you know, we honor Charlie Winfield's efforts for what he's done in the NIL era. But he certainly is worthy of our respect. He's certainly worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our loyalty. The guy's a great Bulldog. So thank you, Charlie, again. Thank you for all you're doing for Mississippi State. I am proud to partner with you. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. You know, at Bulldog Burger Company, the Eat With Us group, part of also uh, sponsoring the show. Not just this show, but Rock Vegas. Uh, our three bands are going to eat at those restaurants. And rather than just have catering brought in, we're going to just have them go eat at the restaurants. So if you're eating in Starville on Friday, you might run into some uh, rock stars while you're eating at one of the Eat With Us restaurants. We're going to split it up, and uh, these bands are going to be able to go eat uh, for free. That's, and then, there's nothing better than a free meal. But I want to thank uh, everybody involved with the Eat With Us group for uh, helping us. Make Rock Vegas especially special. You can go eat like a rock star, too, by going to Bulldog Burger Company. It's amazing to think the quality of food that's available to us here in Starkville. Eat with us, group. Been doing business here a long, long time. Bulldog Burger Company, you go have that great restaurant-quality hamburger. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. And you'll look better. Simple as that. There's science behind it. You will look better. You will absolutely look better if you eat spring rolls. Have that chocolate shake to go. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Star Vegas, that great new patio area. Go check that out. Lake Harbor Drive in the Rhodes and Flowood area. And, of course, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. A fine, fine location there. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet MEAT. All right, let's get into this ballgame. It feels like it's been a month since we played, and it was just on Saturday. But Bowling Green wins a toss, they defer. We get the ball first. We return the opening kick. We talked about Mason Lawler had not been uh, especially proficient when it comes to putting the ball in the end zone on kickoffs. And he didn't on this one. 58 yards to the State 7. Zavion Thomas returns at 21, out to the State 28. We have found something in Zavion Thomas. Now, eventually, he'll work his way into the rotation at receiver. But as a return guy, Xavier Thomas has proven to be a young weapon for Mississippi State. That's good to see. He did some good things in fall camp. And, of course, he fell down the depth chart a little bit. But now, all of a sudden, guy's had a couple big punt returns against LSU. A couple big kick returns this past weekend. We have found something in that kid. All right, so State opens up at their own 28. Will Rogers then uh, immediately... Goes to work feeding Tulu Griffin. The fans clamored for it. Mike Leach and the staff delivered. Tulu Griffin, a much bigger part of the offense this week. And Steve Spurrier Jr. told us last week, we've got to find a way to get the ball to him more. And that's music to the ears of Bulldogs. We all see how talented the guy is. Very first play of the game, we go to Tulu for 21 yards, and we're already out near midfield. We're incomplete to ducking, a nice play by Jordan Anderson there. On second 10, we're complete to Rufus for six I give you Starville High School folks a lot of credit. I I will be honest with you. I did not think Rufus Harvey could play at this level. I'm just being honest about it. Then I saw him at Mississippi, Alabama All-Star practices, and I was amazed at how he was constantly getting open. I worried a little bit about the size, but the kid has proven to be very, very tough. So six yards there brings up a very manageable third and four. check it down the DJ who gets five to move the chains. We go back to Tulu, a little bit of a – you got know, a little bit of a slip screen there and uh, three yards, but there is a 15 yard face mask penalty added on to that, which makes it first and 10 at the Bowling Green 22. And next thing you know, it's time for the Shucky Ducky moment. We go deep to Caleb ducking who got a tremendous release. That's the thing about this kid, too. He, he's learned to play wide receiver here. You lay it up there, and Caleb Duckin pulls it in. 22 yards for the touchdown, makes it 7 0 Bull, Bulldogs after Ben Rabin's extra point is good. And for the first time in a couple weeks, we make the first extra point. 7-0, Bulldog defense goes to work. Touchback on the kickoff. That became a common refrain on Saturday. And isn't that one of those things, too? It's like it's such a small part of the game plan. But how huge is that when teams have to drive a length of the field? So, touchback there, no return uh camden orth played in, in place of mcdonald not exactly but, but sure the thinking there i, I haven't really done a lot of research to find out at the end of the day it doesn't matter but he's incomplete on, on first and ten. Second and ten they give it to tyron keith who was one of the better players and uh, he had a decent ball game all things considered but he gets five yards back up the middle boogie watson with the stop there then it's incomplete nice play by cameron young to get a to get a tip on that Looked like the player was actually open there, and then they call a block on the back on uh, Boeing Green on the play. State declines it, so it's a three and out. Sammy Sir then punts 26 yards. State showed some rush here. I thought that Carlos Nicholson was close to blocking the punt three times on the day, and his pressure here from the outside kind of rushed the process, and Sir punts it 26 yards. Uh, Out of bounds at the state 44-yard line. So state sets up there, goes right back to work. I thought where Rodgers was especially crisp uh, on Saturday. We give it to Dylan Johnson who runs for eight yards. We're kind of establishing some run early. We didn't run it an awful lot, but we did early just to kind of loosen things up. On second and two, it's complete the Caleb Ducking shucky-ducky-quack-quack for 16 more yards. First and 10 down to the Bowling Green, 32 Next thing you know, we lay it up there. Simeon Price, who actually has to turn around and uh, and fade. Will did, not Will's best pass. The, the the net result was really good, but a little bit of air into this one. But Simeon was so wide open, it didn't really matter. So first collegiate touchdown for Simeon Price. We told you guys in fall camp, the guy's going to be a weapon for us. And uh, while he has not been a primary ball carrier in many ball games, this is a young man we have very high expectations for. And again, Ben Raven, good on the extra point. It's 14-0. Massimo Biscardi kicks one deep here. They actually elect to bring this one out. One of the only returns they had on the day. And Tyron Keith gets 27 yards. However, however, there's a holding call. It goes all the way back to the Bowling Green 11. All right, 14 to nothing lead now for State. Second defensive series for Zach Arnett's defense. There's a complete pass to Harold Fanning Jr. for seven yards. And uh, DeCam and Buki wrap that up. Second and three. They run Patterson at the middle for two, which brings up a very manageable third and short. That said, State just absolutely pinches and blows this thing up in the middle. Patterson gets nothing and likes it, and then lo and behold, they have to punt. Fourth and one from their 20, they punt away, and again, State puts together a scoring drive. Three consecutive scoring drives for the Bulldogs here. Would have loved to put this one in the end zone, but any time that you can get a three-score lead in the first quarter, you'll take it, no matter you know the, the frequency of touchdowns. First and 10 from our 28, it is back to Tulu Griffin for seven, which makes it second and third. We go back to Tulu for two, brings up third and one. DJ just handling business in the middle, runs up there doing yeoman's work, gets the first down to move the chains. First and 10, we find Rufus Harvey for 13. Now we're across midfield rolling again. Will Rogers gets flushed here, and uh, actually we fumbled a snap here. And I thought they could have reviewed it and actually called that a forward pass because so it did appear like his hand was moving forward. That said, you know, the, the end result was okay. But it makes it second and 14. We try to go back to Tulu again, and they get a hand in there. Makes it third and 14. Will Rogers then complete to Simeon price who gets 10. Thought we might go for it here, and we do. We run this right, nice little out route to Caleb Ducking. We ran that last year with Makai Polk too, but uh, Ducking pulls it down for 12 yards. And then Will Rogers is sacked. They overloaded us here, really got up on the edges and kind of overwhelmed the tackles a little bit. And listen, we knew Bowling Green could rush the passer. They get two sacks on the day. You know, the, 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 the idea of us getting a clean sheet in this game, probably not very good. Uh, we did a really good job early on handling the delayed blitz. They would drop into coverage and bring a safety late, and a lot of that was frontside pressure. We did a good job picking that up. They finally get to us here. Makes it second 19, so second time on this drive, we're behind the chains. We're complete to Dylan Johnson. We only get one yard here. And this is, again, it's a product of their pass rush. You know, they're all over Will, and Will just kind of dumps it off, and they're rallying to the football. We get nothing from it. Uh, complete on the next play to Dylan Johnson again for two. And, again, I think this is the point here where Bowling Green felt like the game was kind of getting away. And if you go down three touchdowns here, it's already over. So it was getting late early. They elect to really bring some heat here. So it sets up a fourth and 16 from the Bowling Green 35. State sets down and Ben Rabin bangs it through from 53 yards, second longest field goal in school history. And that thing was good from about 60. There was no doubt about it. It's almost like a kickoff. Man, that thing was so high off his foot. So that probably made a lot of Bulldog fans around the country feel pretty good. It's like, hey, we have the ability to do this. 17 0. We kick off again, and this time it's off to Ron Keith's chest. I don't know if the sun was in his eyes or whatever. He didn't feel it clean. And he returns it 10 yards out to the Bowling Green 18. Really, he fumbled it forward about five yards and scooped it up and just kind of fell forward. But uh, Jack Harris and DeCam making the tackle there. So first and 10 at the uh, Bowling Green 18-yard line. Defense again looking good. Incomplete to Tyron Keith here. Not a lot of, you know, wide passing windows there. I thought the state linebackers played exceptionally well against the pass. Second and ten. It's complete to CJ Lewis for five. D cam out there to make a tackle. We ran a lot of cloud cover too, kind of making him throw underneath, and then we'd run to the football and make a tackle. I thought our tackling was pretty good. Hadn't always been that way this year, but we tackled pretty good on Saturday. And then uh, incomplete, they uh, you know. Try to pick up first down here, and, and just uh, and we had some people in their face. It's one things again about the pass rush, and Bookie Watson and I spoke about it in post game. State only with two sacks in the game too, but State influenced the passer. A lot of play calling changed after this first quarter for Bowling Green. They began to use a lot more boot game and roll the quarterback out, and kind of reduce the uh, the options there. Ran a lot of high low concepts, and I suspect we'll see that a lot from A and M. Sammy Sir with a 36-yard punt. Xavier uh, Thomas returns it two yards. I thought he might fair catch It's when he didn't, but it's at the MSU 43. So three consecutive three and outs for the Bulldog defense in the first quarter. State takes over with 151 to go in the quarter. And you run, again, Will Rogers finds Jameer Calvin. I thought Jameer had his best game of the year on Saturday. You know, he's the guy, too, that early in the year had some drops, but um, it played pretty well on Saturday. We go back to Caleb Ducking. He gets the first down, out to the Bowling Green, 44. Then we're incomplete to Rai-Rai Thomas. Carl Brooks, uh, with a PBU there for them, brings up second 10. We're incomplete to Rai-Rai again. And I didn't think Rai-Rai had a good game. I mean, and we'll get to some of that a little bit later. I don't know what's going on with Rai-Rai, but he is arguably our most talented receiver. We have to have more consistencies from him. And, and Mike Lee said in, in camp a couple times that he thought he was just average. Uh, he needed to step it up. And I, and I didn't think he was even average on Saturday. And, and you think, well, Steve, we won the ball game going away. We did. But in order for us to win these next few SEC games, we're going to have to have a much greater contribution than a Rara Thomas. He's certainly capable of doing that. And we need him to play up to his potential. Third and ten, we hit Caleb Ducking for nine, and then they flag us for holding. They get Austin Williams there in the slot, and it was a hold. Would Could have changed the complexion of this drive, but um, – brings up third and 20. We go back to ducking for nine, and that runs out the quarter. So we come back and continue the drive there in the second half on fourth and 11, and uh, George, I'm trying it this time, George, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it, George Jaropolis, or George Georgopolis. Uh, I'm sorry, George. I've tried. And George even told me. I just For some reason, it's a block for me. I apologize. But uh, an incredible punt here from George, the former UMass transfer. Man, this thing, was, I mean, it was so beautiful. It got up there, and then it just pitched backwards. Like, it dropped in there just before the goal line and settles in the three-yard line. You talk about a big-time play, and at this point you're thinking, you know what, we're going to win the battlefield position and get this ball back quickly and go ahead and put this game away. But that's not what happened. Bowling Green, to their credit, put together a tremendous drive here. And I know Zach Garnett was losing it on the sidelines. So they run right for two and come back on second and eight with Nick Mosley and run for nine to get the first down. So at least they're out of the shadow of the goalpost. So they can kind of punt there. They run Mosley again for six and then go back to Wimberley. And uh, he, he goes for two, but we, we get him out there on the, on the perimeter uh, for a loss. Brings up third and six. We have a chance to get off the field here. And we should have. The pass is intercepted by Colin Duncan, which would have been the first interception for Bowling Green on the year. Return it down to the Bowling Green twenty-two. However, however, there was a penalty prior to the pass called on Emmanuel Forbes. I haven't seen it, so I can't talk about the quality of the call. But it was unfortunate. It it was not a guy. It was anywhere close to Colin Duncan, if I recall. So they declined the penalty. They get a first down. And. Um, On first and 10 from their 28, they throw a nice pass to Andrew Bench there, 41 yards. Actually Flag State for holding again. They declined the penalty, so a big gain for them there. On first and 10 from our 41, they run up the middle for a one-yard gain. They go back, and it's a complete pass to Harold Fanning Jr. And Bookie Watson makes a tackle at the 30, but it's a first down. They flag him for false start. We get him behind the chains here, and you think, okay, now we can kind of take over. Wrong. Wrong again. First and 15. They run Wimberly for 10. Then they hit uh, Tyrone Broden, and, and he beats DeCamryon Richardson here. They just kind of laid it up there, and just DeCam didn't play well. And that's rare. DeCam's had a great year, but that was not his best moment. So it's a touchdown. Extra point is good. It's a 17-7 ball game. Now Mason Lawler, again, we didn't know how many times they'd kick, but we thought we'd get a chance to return. We get a big one here. 21-yard kickoff to the – 61-yard kickoff, excuse me, to the State 4. Tulu returns it 42 yards to the 46. One block away from breaking that bad boy wide open. And that's the thing with Tulu. You better not kick it short of the goal line because he could put you on Center. So, again, State has a chance here to go right back to work. Great field position courtesy of special teams, and our special teams play on Saturday was outstanding. And how long has it been since so we've been able to say that? Two years now? Because you know, Matt Brock's group in 2020 was really good. We might be better this year. When we're all pulling in the same direction, we might be better this year. And that's been a thing every week. it has been one or two things this week. As a unit, collectively, they were outstanding. First and 10 from the state, 46. We give it to DJ for six. We go back and throw it to DJ, and this time for 13 yards. And that guy really runs with a full head of steam. You know, once he gets behind the linebackers, if you're a defensive back, you better go low. First and 10 from the Bowling Green, 35. We complete to Austin Williams for six. On second, before we go back, at Jamir Calvin, who gets three, which brings up a third and short. And rather than, uh, than run the football here, we lay it up again, Caleb Ducking on the post, 26 yards for a touchdown. And then there is joy and pandemonium in Starkville as everybody breaks out into the duck. And it's just a matter of time before everybody in the crowd starts doing it too. Extra point is good. And then Massimo Buscardi comes through with a touchback. It is now a 24-7 ball game, and I think at this point we all knew where this thing was headed. It was just a matter of what the final score would be. Rather than come back out and allow Bowling Green to answer, your Bulldog defense really stepped up. And Boogie Watts and said they were told, you know, on the sidelines, it's like, "Hey guys, listen, let's get back to what we were doing." Kind of we kind of relaxed a little bit, but we didn't. Here, we had some real urgency on this drive. Uh, Camden Orth uh, kind of repaid Will Rogers for the fumble there. He fumbles and jumps right back on it. Of course, the, they only lose one yard, where we lost four. Then it's a complete pass to Patterson for four. Brings up a third and seven. State really does a good job here. Emmanuel Forbes for the nice PBU. Kid's having a great year. Sammy served in with a 27-yard punt. And again, that's State getting back there. DeCarlos Nicholson just about took it off his foot. One more step, and, it, and it's probably... Probably a touchdown for State. Uh, so again, it, again, we're not quite getting there, but we're influencing the punter. We're forcing him to to punt, but not not a great punter anyway, but because of the fact that we were stressing the punter here, we get great field position. State sets up at its own 45. Complete to Rufus for 16. All the way down to the Bowling Green, 39. We're incomplete to Simeon Price. On second and 10, we're complete to Antonio Harmon. How about that? A Kosciuszko sighting. Really nice play there. And, and you know, Antonio's got that big physical frame. He can absorb that that hit from the safety when he crosses the face of the safety. Did a great job there. First and 10 now at the Bowling Green 24. We find Jaden Wally. What a great job here. This is the play that everybody's seen. This is the one where Will is rolling left, not rolling away from the arm side, and then leads Jaden Wiley, who did a good job kind of getting himself open. And Will drops it in there. Jaden, a great job on the footwork to make sure he gets a foot in and actually got two in. And now it's first and goal at the Bowling Green 2. Will is in complete to Jameer Calvin for a touchdown. It is a 31-7 ball game. And a lot of people decided, you know what, I think I'm going to go watch football on TV. Ben Raven good on the extra point. Massimo, then the touchback. Bowling Green takes over at uh, their 25 with 249 to go in the half. Patterson runs for nine off the left side. And then they go right back at the middle and uh, get the first down. I thought they got a favorable spot here, to be quite honest with you. I thought it was favorable. I thought they gifted him the first down here. It may have been a mercy thing. I didn't think he made it. All right, complete to Keith on first down, brings up second and four. They go back to C.J. Lewis, who uh, gets it out in their midfield in a first down. One of the only real sustained drives these guys had. They had two scoring drives, and then they had this one. They have this drive, and uh, this one, of course, ends in a turnover. On second and four, they find C.J. Lewis, and then they're, they're, in, they're complete to Tyrone Bryden for five, made it second and five. They call timeout, and as well they should. They're across midfield, you know, one big play here, and you got a chance to get a field goal. Camden Orton incomplete to um, to Hilaire. Sherman Thames in his face right there. We, we, we don't always get credit for these hurries, but we were all over this guy. And then there's an interception by Sean Preston, the first official interception against Bowling Green the entire year. Preston returns it out in their midfield. State credited with a quarterback curry to Tyra Sweet here. And then Preston's blown up on the sidelines and doesn't draw a flag. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Should have been 15 more. Probably cost us three points, too, because we get the ball there, you know, at, at midfield. And, uh, you know, with the penalty, it'd have been a 35. Just five seconds to go. You could have attempted another field goal. And the way Ben Rabin is kicking right now, good chance it goes in. But nevertheless, we, uh, we run the clock out here. And so it's 31-7 to 7 at the half. And at this point, I think everybody's feeling good except for that one drive. And, you know, at some point, everybody's going to score. I mean, that's just kind of how football is. It's, it's, it's very difficult to shut anybody out. But with the margin, what it was, I think a lot of people were able to kind of sit back and enjoy the rest of the ballgame. All right, so let's jump into our second half here because having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? There been times in the past I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. it been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering Quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. To the fact, Bowling Green won the toss and deferred to second half they elect like to receive here. And Massimo Biscardi gets a touchback. What, again, what a weapon that is. That should not go undervalued. Because there were years, we could never get a touchback. There was one, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 07 or 08. I think we had one on the whole year. One. All right, first and 10 at their 25. It's complete to Patterson. Excuse me. They run Patterson left for three. And it's complete to Hilaire for two, which brings up a third and five. And then next thing you know, Colin Duncan comes free on the safety blitz. And I thought Colin Duncan had his best game of the year. Sacked for a loss of eight yards here. Brings up a fourth and 13. So it's like, okay, you went in and made all your adjustments. You're going to come out, and this is how you're going to attack us, and you go three and out. On the day, Bowling Green had 12 possessions, six of them, three and outs. State takes over at our 35 after a fair catch from Savion Thomas. First and 10. We give it to Dylan Johnson. Again, just absolutely just runs over people. Runs right back up the middle for 40 yards. For a second, I thought he might break it. Goodness gracious, you talk about a game-changing play. You get a three and out, and then your very first play at the second half, it's a 40-yard gain. And it's one of those demoralizing gains. You know what I'm saying? It's not like somebody just you know, missed a tackle or whatever, or you know, somebody fell down. We ran up the middle here, and he just burst right through the heart of the Bowling Green defense. Those are the kind of things that are cardiac shots. First and ten we are incomplete to Austin Williams. Then there is a flag on them for offsides, makes it second and five. We find Kelm ducking for two. and third and three, we get it to Jaden Wiley for uh, nine yards. It gets moves the first down. Uh, change Makes it first and goal situation, pardon me. And we find Tulu for the touchdown. And uh, a great little out route here, nice little concept here. Basically, you flood the right and you get man-to-man coverage on the left and you put uh, arguably uh, your fastest and one of your slipperiest receivers out there in man coverage and you throw it to the, the boundary and he goes and gets it. And a lot of people have complained about that concrete. That concrete has been there forever. But I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I didn't. I've never noticed us having as much issues with that concrete at Davis Wade. Like people are talking about it on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, this is true. I, I don't ever remember us having as much trouble. We had two times there. Caleb and Tulu both nearly fell on that concrete. So that's something we got to look into. Uh, ben Rayburn, extra point is good. And then Massimo, touchback again. It's so great to be able to say that. Extra point, good, touchback. Extra point, good, touchback. It's a a basic thing, but we've got to be able to handle the basic tenets of football, right? 38-7 at this point now. Bowling Green takes over at their 25. Nick Mosley runs for one. Orth then complete to Harold Fanning Jr., who had a decent game for them. Just four yards, and then they find uh, Odie Hilaire for 19. That guy's a really good player. I I won't be the least bit surprised to find out he's been invited to the NFL Combine. Uh, First and 10 from midfield. They run Wimberly again, and then Orth rushes left, and then Camden gets sacked. Buki Watson breaking through there on third nine. State dialing up some heat here on third downs, making some things happen. One of the better punts of the day, Sammy Sir, Sir punts 42 yards, and it's caught by Zavian Thomas, fair caught, at the 13-yard line. And, again, that's something we talked about. Austin Williams muffed the punt, and I love Austin Williams. I'm, a, I'm an Austin Williams fan. You know, a lot of people said, you know what? Well, let's let, let Zavian Thomas handle it. Well, we are. We are. Now, not a lot of big moments in this ballgame, so we'll see if Zavian can handle it, you know, when it, when times are tight, right? But early returns are good. Pardon the pun. All right, 621 to go. State takes over at the 13. Will Rogers complete to Jameer Calvin for eight? And then we find Rara for 14, and Rara fumbles the football. And fortunately, we're able to get back on it. And now it's first and 10 at the 35. Simeon and runs for two at the middle. We're incomplete to Jaden Wiley. They got in their face a little bit there. And then again, a missed opportunity. We talked about Rara had a tough ball game, and he'll admit that. We run the run, you know, run the the post here. Pretty regular concept, but we got everybody else kind of squatting underneath, and you get Rai Rai out, and Will throws an absolute dime here, and Rai Rai can't pull it in. So on this same drive, we get a Rai Rai fumble and a Rai Rai drop. He's better than that. We all know this, and Rai Rai knows that, and Rai Rai's going to be fine. But um, you know, we again, we need Rai Rai. We need Rai Rai at hundred percent Rai, Rai. Archer Trafford then 43-yard punt. Nice job. And uh, returned, to the, uh, returned eight yards to the State uh, 28 here. But, again, a missed opportunity here. Missed opportunity for State to, to really put the game away. Even though there was no trepidation, you don't want to play sloppy football. All right, first and 10 from their 28. Camden Orth is incomplete to Tyrone Broden. Second and 10, they come back, and they hit Griffin Little for 13. First time we've said his name today. Sean Preston with a the tackle there. And you're starting to see some reserves on defense here. And, like, I've read some things, again, and I love every one of you guys in those Facebook groups. I love you all, but some of you make my head hurt. We didn't play these guys until, you know, last four or five minutes. It's not true. Because here's Asias Furge with a tackle. Sean Preston's also a second-team safety, right? I mean, we're playing a lot of reserves early, especially on defense. I think Jed Johnson played most of the game. All right, first and ten. We get them for a one-yard loss, and it's Jett and Furge. And then there's a legal block in the back called on us. I would love to be able to see this one again. I haven't watched the replay yet. I thought it was a very interesting call. It's a running play on the interior. You know, it's not like it's a play on the, on the corner. i got to go back and watch it. Now, first and 10 from our 45 after the penalty. Patterson then rushes for four yards. It's incomplete to Fanning Jr., brings up third and six, and they run the football here and get the first down. First and 10 from our 34, Mosley runs right for two yards, and it's incomplete to Broadman on third and eight. Really nice pass completion here to Harold Fanning Jr. for 23. And first and goal from our nine, they run up the middle for four, which brings up uh, the end of the quarter. So we head to the fourth with Bowling Green knocking on the door. On second and five, they hit for a touchdown. And even though the game was decided, it was one of those plays, where, like this drive, it just kind of made you feel sick. It's like, you know, come on, come on, come on. I know we're playing some reserves here. Wasn't good. And Mike Leach said some things in the postgame, and I'm, I'm going to defend Leach here on this. A lot of people are like, oh, wait, well, you know, he made some comments about, hey, we put some second teams out there. It says the second team's guys out there, and they didn't play well, so maybe we don't need to put them out there. Isn't that what you were thinking? He just said it. Oh, he's throwing his team under the bus. There are some people that are ever going to like Mike Leach, and there's no point in arguing with him. It's that we talk about not holding guys accountable, and then he does. and So he's criticized for not holding them accountable, and then he's criticized for holding them accountable. I don't think this is a Mike Leach issue. I think this is a you issue. So stop it. I wouldn't put him out there either. If you're not going to go out there and play up to the standard that's expected of you, you don't need to play. It doesn't matter if it's mop-up time. And I know a lot of this time we just want guys to be casualty soakers and kind of wear, a, you know, save some wear and tear on the starters. I get that. And it's the only way you build that. But if we have guys out there that can't execute the plays, can't run the offense, can't work within the framework of the defense, they don't need to be out there, regardless of the score. This is not the YMCA. So I applaud Leach for saying it, and you can rest assured he will say even more uh, with a team – Uh, Gets together Tuesday. But no, Mike Leach is not out of line. Some of y'all need to toughen up a little bit, honestly. All right, Mason Lawler's extra point is good, and they kick off again, and what do you know, Mason Lawler again uh, kicks this one to the goal line, and Tula Griffin brings it out 28 yards. And it always feels like Tula's, you know, one guy away from breaking it. Like, once he gets through the first... Couple tacklers. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go, and it's just a matter of time before he puts one in the end zone. It's simply just a matter of time. All right, thirty-eight, fourteen, ball game, and state answers right back, which is what good teams do. And that's the thing we have kind of struggled with, like against Memphis and against Arizona, is we get the the comfortable lead, and then we kind of have this you know this lull, and they kind of climb back in it a little bit. They never truly threaten, but. You know, we don't finish the game as well we should. Well, this game was different. So, State takes over their own 28. Well, Rodgers is complete to Justin Robinson for nine. Good to see a Justin Robinson side. Now, I like him a lot. I, I really do. And I uh, hope he gets to play a little bit more. I guy's a walking mismatch. He's not a starter, but uh, you'd like to see him play a little bit more. Second and one, we're complete to Rufus for three, which moves the chains. Makes it first and 10 at our 40. We go right back to Rufus for 13. Makes his first and 10 across midfield at the Bowling Green, 47. Then we go back to Tulu for 15. Hello again, five. First and 10 were incomplete to Jordan Mosley. Good to see Jordan on the field. This ball was thrown high and incomplete, though. We'll dismiss on this one. Uh, second and 10 were complete to Austin Williams for 13, which puts us back in the red zone. First and 10 from the Bowling Green, 19. We hit Justin Robinson for 11 down to the eight-yard line. It's a first and goal-to-goal situation. And we get it to Jaden Wally. Eight yards, touchdown, extra point, good. Touchback follows 45-14 Mississippi State. Bowling Green takes over at their 25, 11 to go in the game. Camden Ort complete to Kavon Kroom for seven yards. Then there is a false start penalty, backs it up, makes it second and eight. Jalen Jennings and runs for three, and then Camden Ort is incomplete. So another three and out. This time, semi-star a decent punt, 42-yard punt. Xavier Thomas returns out to the state, 33, netting five yards on a return. State takes over, 9.49 to go. Uh, Will Riders complete to Scooby Ford. Cameron, Ford, 12 yards. First and 10, 45, complete to Simeon Price. Excuse me, run Simeon Price for two. We go back to Scooby for six. We go to Scooby again. It's incomplete. Makes it fourth and two. Even though it's a 45-14 game, we decide to go. J.J. Jernigan rushes up the middle for six. Moves the chains. First and ten. Sawyer Robertson, who's in the ballgame now, after that Will Rogers completion, is sacked. Second, 18. Robertson under pressure again. You know, gets it out to J.J. Jernigan. We just get two on the, on the game. Third and 16. We're incomplete again. And uh, they're in his face. And now Sawyer did not look great. But some of that too was the fact that we had some offensive line substitutions there, and uh, you know we didn't. We had we got the reserves for a reason, right? And so Sawyer kind of got criticized here probably more than he should have. And, and listen, Sawyer is not quite ready. But he should not be unfairly maligned, you know, because of this particular series. And yeah, uh, again, just relax. Just relax. Sawyer's gonna be fine. All right, Bowling Green takes over at their 20. They run up the middle with Jennings for four. They run right for eight. And they're running the football. It's like we're just trying to get it over, right, guys? We're just trying to get the game over. And I, I applaud it and I commend it because we played against Memphis and some other people that wanted to prolong the game, prolong the inevitable. So, Bowling Green, tip of the cap to you guys. Jennings and runs for no gain on third, and, and it brings up a third and two. They elect to go for it. Um, I guess they always would on third down, right, Steve? They're complete to Tyron Keith and Marcus Banks all over it. Blows it up. Always good to see Marcus on the field. And so, again, very manageable third down there, third and short situation, and State wins. You forced him to the punt. One first down on that drive. All right, so they punted away, and State gets it out of bounds at the 26 with just two minutes to go. Sawyer back in. He is complete to Scooby Ford for two. Brings up a second and eight. We run up the middle for one. And then uh, Sawyer's complete to Simeon Price for seven. Come up short of the line the game. We have to punt again here. Uh, and so then George punts 47 yards uh, inside the 20. No return. And then Bowling Green runs out the clock. And State wins 45-14. And again, I think the biggest thing here is, and we don't have an update on Dollar Bill, but it looks like he's going to be okay. You win big. You get some young guys in. and It looks like he got out of the game, uh, you know, healthy. Kind of a best case scenario for state. Let's quickly look at the inside of the numbers here, and we won't spend a lot of time on this. But um, uh, Will Rogers, I have no idea what has happened. Will Rogers, another good ball game for him. I think we can be excited about that. I think that's an important aspect of all this. Is that uh, we got to keep Will Rogers healthy. Got to keep Will Rogers happy. Got to keep Will Rogers uh, doing good things. So, Will, 39 of 50. And I think we just had the one drop. I think Will Rogers was sacked one time. Sorry, Robertson sacked one time. Uh, Will, 409 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions. You'll take that every single day. Running was okay. Not what we have had, right? Well, we didn't run it as much. We had, we had 11 rushing attempts. And, of course, a couple of those are on the quarterbacks. Actually, three of them were quarterbacks. But uh, Dylan Johnson, your leading rusher, four carries for 57 yards and, of course, the long of 40. J.J. moves the chains with one of his, Simeon Rice. Uh, Woody Marks didn't play. It's just precaution. Just trying to get him healthy. We didn't need him. Let him rest. And, of course, he always wants to play. But um, kind of where we are. But, yeah, he's fine. Uh, Caleb docking seven catches for 96 yards and a couple touchdowns. Two loose. Six for 57 and a touchdown. Um let's see here rufus harvey five for 51 simeon price three for 49 and a touchdown jaden wiley three for 39 and a touchdown dylan johnson four you start you start looking at this let's count them up here One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen different players call passes that dog a hunt defensively looking at here nathaniel watson 10 tackles. Jed Johnson with eight. DeCam with four. Jordan Davis with four. Colin Duncan with four. And again, Colin had a tackle for loss, of course, on that sack and also had the pick that was nullified. Asias Furge in a reserve role had four tackles. Joe and Green with three. Marcus Banks with three. Ty Wheat with three. Uh, Stay with a couple sacks. Nathaniel Watson with one. And of course, um, Colin Duncan. And then the, the interception return, one for 20. Uh, Archer Trafford, one punt, 43 yards. I don't get it done. And then George, three. For 45.3 yard average with a longer 47. Two of his in the inside of the 20, one was a touchback. Xavier Thomas, two punt returns for seven yards, and had the one kickoff return for 21. And then Tulu, two for 70. That'll work. That's a nice average. Ben Rabin, of course, the one field goal. And we have Massimo with seven kickoffs. Five of those are touchbacks. And Rabin had one also for a touchback. So you had eight eight kickoffs, and six resulting in touchbacks. And then one of those, if you recall, the one they muffed, and uh, maybe the most important stat of the day, PAT, six for six. So thank you, Ben Ray. Met his dad uh, after the ballgame. So that's your Bulldog uh, victory. Hope you guys are satisfied with that. We get ready for a pretty big stretch. We're going to talk about that here a little bit later in the show. All right, time for today's top 10 list. And it's going to be a rock alternative band that uh, maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not. And if you're not, you should be. As always, as always, you just, <laughs> you go see our friend Blair Chandler at clotheswithblair.com. Blair always sponsors the top 10 list. Blair's phone number, 601-500-2344. Go to closewithblair.com, C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B L A I R for all your mortgage needs. Will you look in a refinance your home or possibly buy a home for the first time? Blair Chandler is a guy that gets things done. He is a closer. Top 1% close ratio in the country. Works for Fairway Mortgage recently voted number one in customer satisfaction and mortgage loan origination. A lot of fees associated with getting a mortgage done. Mentioned to Blair by text or by phone call or by email or by carrier pigeon that you heard about him on the boneyard, he's going to pay for your appraisal. That's a $500 value. How about that? That's a nice incentive just for being a boneyard listener. When you have needs in the mortgage industry, reach out to my friend, your friend, Mississippi State friends, Blair Chandler. Keep it in the family when at all possible. Again, that's with Blair.com. C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. I had to pause there for a second because uh, the Bulldog bus driver is contacting me, buying some tickets to donate to some Mississippi State students. How about that? Some tickets for Rock Vegas. So it looks like a handful of Bulldog fans that uh, will get to go to the show, courtesy of the Bulldog bus driver. All right. Today's top ten list is Taproot. You say, Steve, I've never heard of Taproot. Well, you should. You should have heard of Taproot. They were basically kind of like in that second wave of new metal. And uh, I really dig these guys. They haven't done a whole lot here as of late. They went on hiatus for a while. The singer, Stephen... Had some issues for a while, but uh, they're back and they're playing shows and occasionally producing some new music. Uh, A song that did not make the list, because for some reason this album is not on Apple Music. You can find it on YouTube. Song called Wherever I Stand. Great, great song. Love it. It would have absolutely been probably a top six song, but it did not... Didn't make the list because it's not available, but I wanted to shout that one out. I love that song, Wherever I Stand. Great song. Taproot, a very interesting band. And uh, so Gift was their debut album, and the first real single on that album was a song called Again and Again. Now, the production value on this album was not great. And so when you listen to this, the song quality is good, the lyric quality is good, The production value is not. So don't harshly judge the band based on maybe, you know, the sonic quality of the recording. But again, again, and again is the name of the song. Number nine from the Welcome album, which was their first release with Atlantic Records. The song is mine. Great tune. Really one of those things too. You know, it's about about relationships. A lot of songs are. From the album The Episodes, number eight is a song called No Surrender. And there are three songs, I guess two songs from the episodes uh, on this list. My favorite Taproot album is Plead the Fifth, but The Episodes is really strong as well. And so No Surrender, number eight. Number seven is a song, uh, my, my son, actually, I sent him the list for his thoughts. My son, Ani, uh, about, and he, and he said, hey, you know what? I think April Suits needs to be on there. And he's absolutely right. And uh, so that's number seven on the list, April Suits. Kind of changed it up a little bit there. Number six, this is a recent single. Came out during quarantine. It's a great track called Stay Away. I think Stephen Vocal is really, really strong here. And it's always good to hear bands you love produce new music. But Stay Away, number six. The most recent song on our top ten list. Now, the rest of these five, I think most people that know the band would probably say these are the top five tracks. You may disagree with the order, but I think we would all say, you know what, this is it. Number five, also from Plead the Fifth, is the great track, Release Me. Great vocal, the chorus is real catchy, kind of got that half-step hook in it. I love this one a lot. Number four, this song is actually, believe it or not, about a murder. And it's called the Everlasting, and uh, it's basically kind of about a fatal attraction, and um, it's like in the aftermath of the killing itself. And um, it's a very interesting song. It's a song called the Everlasting, and basically, it's about a guy that kills his girlfriend. In no way is it praising the event, but um, you know, the lyrical content is uh, is very different from much of the catalog. Okay, number three, and this is a song that got most people into the band Taproot. It's a track called Poem off the album Welcome. And when you listen to it, it's going to take you back a little bit. It's very timely, you know, for that period of music. Poem, a lot of people would argue that's probably the best Taproot song. And, And I could probably get down with that. I disagree, but I think that is one that is probably the signature song of the band Taproot. Number two, off the album, Blue Sky Research. When this album dropped, the record company did such a great job. It's like everywhere you went, like at Walmart and places like that, you know, we used to sell CDs. I'm from the 1900s, so I have a lot of them. But uh, this was like on the end cap. Everywhere you went, there was all this, you know, posters and all this pre-promotional stuff. And um, this song has this very haunting-type vocal, If I was going to plug you into Taproot, this is probably the first song that i would play for you. It's very, very different. The tuning on the guitar is different. Uh, It's got this real melodic parts to it. But the vocal on it is really unlike anything else. Number one for me, and it's also I'll plead the fifth, the video for this is cool, too. And uh, I can't remember the name of the girl that's in the video, but she's outstanding, it's a song called Fractured. Everything I Said Was True is the subtitle. Everything I Said Was True, except for I Love You. Uh, it's it's Basically, it's a breakup song. And again, it's kind of in the vein of new metal. It's kind of got some rap elements to it and things like that. But uh, the guitar on this is absolutely phenomenal. Love this song. Fractured, Everything I Said Was True. That's your number one song on today's top ten list. From the great alternative rock band, Taproot. If you don't know Taproot, get to know them. And maybe you listen to this list in reverse, just so you can kind of get plugged in. But I would venture to say those top five songs, like if you were a serious uh, Octane listener, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, you heard a ton of Taproot, because they were a huge Octane band. And then again, they kind of went on a hiatus a couple of times, and while Steven got things figured out. Uh, but they're a great band. Again, glad they're making new music again. If you have a chance to go see them at a show, you certainly should. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out and let us know. The best way to do that is to hit up Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. You can hit me up, but i I, I got to admit, my bad average sometimes getting these things to Roy isn't always the best. So that's the best way to do it. You can listen to all of our great lists on Spotify, also listed under user dogmatic67. And thanks, as always, for your support of the top 10 list. When we share music with each other, it's, uh, it's like a love language, right? So this is me, especially some of you young bucks, kind of turning you on to some really cool tunes. So there you go, tap root, tap tip. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. I was there yesterday. It was a slow day, but we uh, we sold a few books, had a chance to, to talk and visit with some great Bulldog fans over we there. Uh, Campus Bookmart has completely renovated the bully shop. Everything is upstairs now. The greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known universe. And a lot of people go in there and say that. And a lot of people have told me before they did not patronize Campus Bookmart until they began sponsoring the show. It's like, well, you know, Steve, I never really thought about it. Well, there you go. Very easy to find. Great ownership, great management, great products, a great staff. Campus Bookmart always on time. If you can't make it to town to see them, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Guard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders, over 50 bucks. any order less than $50. Absolutely incomplete. All right, time for this week's SEC Rewind. We did okay with our picks, but I tell you, some of these teams beat the spread on us. Starting with Kent State against Georgia. Did you expect that? I mean, Georgia's been so incredibly dominant. And then the Golden Flashes. You know, in the spirit of Nick Saban, goes out there and really gave Georgia all they wanted for a while. Really, really big surprise there. Yes, Georgia won. And they, they, they win by 17. But goodness gracious, I really expected that to be a blowout. So, strike up the flashes. Good game for them. Did you see this Missouri-Auburn thing? I know they were playing the same time we were. Are you kidding me? And like, there are people that want Brian Harrison fired already. Like, we, we can't we, – yeah, we won the game, but it's like we lost. I haven't watched the game in its entirety. I've just kind of read the social media commentary and I saw the highlights, what few of them there were. This was a dog of a game, an absolute dog of a game. Auburn wins 17-14 in overtime. How crazy was that? We're watching the, you know, the final seconds of regulation there in the media room waiting for Mike Leach to get there. But, uh, you know, Auburn jumps out to a 14-0 lead, and you think, okay, they're going to put these guys away. I didn't think the Missouri defense would be able to slow them down. Then Missouri ties it in the second quarter. It's 14-14 to break, and it goes scoreless in the second half. You talk about anemic offense. Look at that second half. And then Auburn kicks a field goal to go ahead, and Missouri is about to cash in here. And they fumbled the ball in the end zone. And Auburn recovers and Auburn wins, 17-14. Missouri had a chance to put this thing away. They bring the guy, the kicker, that's been uh, perfect from 20 yards and in, and he misses the chip shot. I don't, when you can get a touchdown, why don't you get a touchdown? They got too conservative there, and, they end up, and the football gods are watching. And Missouri loses. Now, Missouri 2-2 two and, two and 0-1 in the league. Auburn now 3-1 and 1-0 in the SEC, but probably the most precarious 3-1 record due to quality of competition. Auburn has played nobody. Of course, Mississippi State, blast Bowling Green, 45-14. Another great game we knew it would be, and there were three games we were really intrigued by, and all three of them delivered, and this one may be perhaps the best. Tennessee and Florida. Tennessee, 38-33 winners. Hendon Hooker with a big ball game for, uh, for the Volunteers. Florida now, you know Florida, of course, uh, not ranked, nor should they be. They were back up to twenty. They're now two and two and zero and two in the SEC. And then, you know, both of those wins, you know, they beat Utah early on. That was a good win, but both wins come out of out of conference. And then you narrowly beat South Florida. I still think Billy's going to be okay out there, but uh, and good game for Tennessee, who is now four and zero. I said it weeks ago, and some of you laughed at me. And that's okay. I'm okay with you being wrong. Tennessee, 4-0. and 1-0 in the SEC. Got a couple of uh, top 20 wins under their belt, too. And it only gets tougher from here, right? But handed hooker, 22 of 28. 349 yards, a pair of touchdowns. And then he ran for 112. Look out, LSU. Uh, small that runs for 90 yards, too. I mean, so really nice game offensively for the volunteers. And again, it looks like they're going to navigate through this NCAA probation thing with kind of minimal sanctions, which is crazy. They, they will get some sanctions. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, based on that notice of allegations and the fact that um, we're trying to have this kinder, gentler NCAA enforcement group, I don't think it's going to be nearly as serious as we expected early on. So times are good in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, 35-27 winners over Tulsa. Mm-hmm. 35-27 winners. Now, this was a 35-17 ball game at the half. And then Ole Miss kind of took their foot off the, off, off the brakes, uh, off the gas, excuse me. It got a little dicey late. And Ole Miss with a 28.4 uh, second quarter. And you think, you know what, this thing is over. And Tulsa wins the second half 10 nothing, and then had the ball twice just needing to score and, and of course, go for two. But it's a one-possession game. And uh, they lose their quarterback, Bryn, who was pretty good. But uh, Braxton made some plays, but nine of twenty-two passing. You know, once he left the game, it was going to be kind of difficult. When Bryn left the game, it was going to be difficult for Tulsa to mount a comeback. But uh, but Ole Miss wins. And here's the thing too about the Rebels. We've talked about what a joke of a non-conference schedule they had. All right, well they're done with that now, and and that, that's important to understand too. They have played all four of their non-conference games. They've won them all, and only one of them has been with you know, any trepidation at all, which was Tulsa. But again, Ole Miss were a 35-17 lead at the break. Now thing, now business picks up a little bit. They'll host Kentucky this weekend, top 10-ranked Kentucky. We'll talk about that uh, you know, later in the week. But the gimmies for Ole Miss, with the exception of the annual Battle of the Vanderbilts, on October 8th are over. At best, every game outside of that is a toss-up for Ole Miss. So again, we expected them to get out to a four and zero start. They are possibly a five and one start, maybe even six and zero, and then the rest of the year a little more challenging. So Ole Miss is about to have to earn it. Kentucky. They beat Northern Illinois, but man, look at Northern Illinois has scared some teams to death. Kentucky wins 31-23. And it's crazy to look back at some of this stuff, man. They're, they're one and three, right? Northern Illinois is one and three overall. And they're going to be tough in their league. They beat Eastern Illinois. They'd lose at Tulsa 38-35. They lose to Vanderbilt 38-28. And they lose at Kentucky 31-23. When they get, in, when they get into the Mac. I don't know that I want to play these guys. You said, say, Steve, they're one and three. Yeah, I understand that. But look at who the who they play. Look at the quality of that non conference schedule. And now they're going to get in here and be able to get after some teams that have kind of recruited at the same level they have. Don't be surprised to look up at the end of the year, Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game. They gave Kentucky Fitzman. man. It was 14 14 at the break. Kentucky finally gets some separation there in the third quarter, makes it a 24 14 ball game. And then Northern Illinois comes back and uh, makes a 9-7 fourth quarter. And they lose by eight. Not sure what to make of this Kentucky team. I, somebody, Somebody's a fraud between Kentucky and Ole Miss. And maybe they both are. But somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose the ball game uh, this weekend. But, uh, and again, we'll break that down later in the week. But uh, Kentucky, again, you're just kind of, you know, Kind of going through the motions here. They, they never seem to win with style points. All right, the the primetime game, Arkansas and A&M from Jerry World. What a crazy game this proved to be. Arkansas, of course, was in the top ten. And I think we all said, you know, I don't know if they're that good. But they kept winning ballgames. They lose this one, and of course, really the decisive play in the ballgame. Arkansas has a chance to go up 21-7, to and they were doing whatever they wanted to do offensively. Arkansas gets up 14-0, and then A&M gets on the board. And then K.J. Jefferson, for some reason, like dives from the four-yard line. A&M knocks it loose. Chappelle picks it up and then hands it off to a teammate who returns it for a touchdown. They miss the extra point. That's the play of the game. That's what changed everything. If Arkansas is up 21-7 at this point, we're probably having a different conversation today. But in the middle of this ballgame, a&M outscored Arkansas 23 to nothing between the second and third quarters combined. All 23 of their points came then. And then late in the ballgame, Arkansas scores to make it a little more interesting, and then you know drove down and the, and the kid missed a field goal. Game winning field goal. Absolutely insane game. And AM, of course, wins the game. We're now 3 1, 1 0 with the SEC. But if you watch that, yeah, I thought Max Johnson did some good things for them, but there's not a lot offensively that scares you about AM. We'll get deeper into them on Wednesday's show, but now Anaya Smith, one of the better receivers in the Southeastern Conference, done for the year. And you hate that. You hate that for anybody. You do. You hate for any young person to lose their season. You only get a short time in life to play sports and to see a guy that talented uh, you know, lose the season. It's, it's disappointing. Now, it's good for Mississippi State, obviously, but that's not how you want to win, right? But it is. It's, that's the grind of the SEC schedule, right? It's about who's healthy, win. Vanderbilt... Did not make it interesting. We didn't expect them to. Uh, kind of reality is setting in for these guys. They were among the nation's leaders in scoring. They put up three points against Alabama, and that's in the first quarter. It's a 14-3 first quarter, and then Alabama exerts themselves, shuts them out the rest of the ball game. 55-3 to winners are the tied. Bryce Young, a nice, efficient day, 25 of 36, 385 yards and four touchdowns. And didn't run him much at all, and uh, that's probably a good thing, nor do they need to. We talked before, you know, about this Vanderbilt team. And, um, you know, are they better? Yes. Are they ready to con- compete in the SEC? No, I don't think so. I don't think – they're three and two. But I think there's probably one win left on the schedule. And you never know. When, when them and all Miss get together, you can throw out the record books. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean you know, Clark Lee, it's not going to be this year. Clark Lee said at SC Media Days, one day Vanderbilt will be the best football team in the country. It's not going to be this year. LSU. I thought we would see a very focused and rejuvenated LSU team. We did. They beat New Mexico 38 to nothing. They're starting to feel a little bit better down in Baton Rouge, and I think a lot of that's because of us. But New Mexico was 2-2 two two coming to the ballgame and really never seemed to have an opportunity in this ballgame to do much of anything. They tried to run the football uh, just seven passes attempted. Five of seven for 47 yards for, uh, for Kendrick, the quarterback there for New Mexico. Leading rusher, 33 yards. Leading receiver, 38 yards. And that was on one play. It was a tight end play where they were they showed run and passed over the top. But uh, Jaden Daniels, 24 of 29, very efficient, 279 yards, no touchdowns. Garrett Nussmeier got in the game late, was 9 of 10, 135 yards and a touchdown. So really nice Passing day for LSU. Uh, Noah Kane, 11 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Armani Goodwin also had a couple touchdowns, but his very short, you know. But uh, John Emery, nine carries for 45 yards. And I'm going to be honest with you. John Emery has just not lived up to expectations. And Well, I know he's rusty. Kill is a five-star. Uh, let's see. Keyshawn Boutte didn't play. Thomas, uh, 76 yards on three catches. Malik Neighbors had six for 65. So nice, efficient game for Shoe. Some big things on the horizon for them. And then Charlotte and South Carolina. This was a ball game at the half. And you look at like Charlotte after one. Charlotte leads seven to three, and then it's 20 to 14 at the break. And then, you know, Beamer Ball comes out and just exerts itself and takes over there in the third quarter. 22 nothing in the third quarter, and they and they go on to win 56-20. to And this Charlotte team's not good. You know, they're 1-4, 0-1 in their league and, and looking at a losing record. South Carolina's not 2-2, and 0-2 in the league. But, again, I think it's a precarious team. I really do. I, I think they're going to struggle to get to a bowl game. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's how I see it today. Take a brief look ahead at next week's action. With everybody getting into conference play, should be a better a better week. We got a couple non-conference games, but we got a lot of head-to-head this week. Kentucky at Ole Miss, that's an 11 a.m. kick. Eastern Washington is at Florida, so Florida should pick up a win. South Carolina State to South Carolina, that should be a win for the Gamecocks, and then everything else basically is uh, conference play. So Alabama is at Arkansas. That might be the most intriguing game of the day. Could be. There's some good ones. That should be some good ones. Alabama and Arkansas, I don't think Arkansas can compete with Alabama this year. I know they did last year. It was an interesting game. It was in Tuscaloosa. And because of that, I think you're going to see a very focused Crimson Tide. And I think Nick Saban kind of likes flying under the radar a little bit too. Not that he doesn't embrace great expectations, but I think this is a ball game that Alabama could see as a statement game. And I think they will. I think Alabama is going to beat Arkansas. Handily. I'm not saying it's going to be a big blowout. I think they win by two touchdowns or more, though. I don't think that Arkansas secondary is very good. I think Arkansas, while they had some veteran leadership last year, I don't know if they have it as much this year. I think they're really going to be challenged after that disappointing loss to Texas A&M. So we'll see what happens with every bit of that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this ball game. Now, I have to watch it on DVR, though. Because Mississippi State, Texas A&M were playing at 3 o'clock there. So 3 o'clock. So they'll start you know, 30 minutes before us. We'll keep up with it throughout the ball game. That's a big game for Mississippi State. We need to win the A&M game. We need Alabama to beat Arkansas. And not just beat them, but kind of tenderize them a little bit. You know, State gets a little greats in the schedule. And I thought that Arkansas A&M game was a very physical game. And you knew that it would be. That's two teams that really want to run the football. So State's got to do a good job of getting a quarterback on the ground here. Got to make Max Johnson beat you with his arm, and of course he's got one less quality passing target to do it with. And again, I hate that for Nas Smith, but uh, State needs to take full advantage of that. LSU is at Auburn. Now, last year Bo Nix went into Baton Rouge and embarrassed LSU, one of his best games in the Auburn uniform. But when you look at this Auburn offense and look at these quarterback problems, do, do you do you give Auburn any credit? In this ballgame, absolutely you don't. LSU should go in there and win that game handily. They're starting to kind of get the running game going. You know, Auburn's a team, too. That, that thing could go off the rails. And and I think Auburn people are already kind of bracing for impact. Let's take a quick look, too, at this Auburn group. I think it's important to kind of understand, you know, we, we, always, we get so acutely aware of what's going on with us. Sometimes we forget what's going on with everybody else. But they've got one non-conference game left, Auburn does. And like I read the other day, somebody said, I, I see one more win on the schedule, and I don't know that I would count Western Kentucky as a W right now if you're Auburn. Can you afford to do that the week before the Iron Bowl? In case you hadn't been paying attention, Western Kentucky is 3-1. and one. Their long loss was three points at Indiana. Western Kentucky is absolutely capable of going to Auburn and winning that game. Auburn may not win another game this year. They may not. They should, but they may not. I mean, at this point, who would you look at them and say, okay, well they should be favored? Well, Western Kentucky. And then you look at the complexity of the schedule and you begin to realize, Western Kentucky, man, those guys may have won eight or nine ball games by the time they get there. They may go into to to, to the plains expecting to win the game. And, and I look at the schedule here, there is outside of a trip to middle Tennessee State, there is really not a lot between Western Kentucky and Auburn that should derail them. They get Troy this weekend. That game's at home. But you start looking ahead here and you start thinking, you know what? They may go into Auburn with a full head of steam. But, of course, Auburn will play LSU this weekend. Then they go to Georgia. That's a loss. They go to Ole Miss. And I think we, if we're being fair, we we want Auburn to win that ball game. But do you, do you have any confidence whatsoever that they can go on the road and win a game in the SEC West? I don't. And we really need Auburn to win that ball game. But the reality of it is, I don't know that they can. You know, of course, you never know the, the quality of the teams health-wise by the time you get there. Then they host Arkansas. Then you're on the road at State. So think about that for a second. What's going to be the mood of the team, the temperature in Auburn if they lose four straight coming to Starkville? And we're going to get them. And then you, then you host A&M. Then you host Western Kentucky. And then Alabama. I mean, look at the schedule. And you know, people picked them last in the West for a reason. And you begin to realize right now they're 3-1, and one, but again, that's probably the most precarious 3-1 in the country. Georgia's at Missouri. I think we'll see Georgia get on track again this week. <laughs> but uh, again, we'll preview these games on Friday. It's not a full slate of games this week, but, uh, but again, you've got a lot of teams you know, within the conference playing head-to-head. It's not quite as many games to cover. But the uh, reality of it is is it should be another interesting weekend of college football. You've got a couple of gimmies in there, but again, a lot of conference play this week. So it should be a lot of fun uh, to watch, and uh, I, I like a lot of these matchups, and I think some of these matchups are not maybe advantageous to the home team. Um, but the reality of it is, I think the SEC West ha- has a chance to have a really good week uh, this week, especially across the across the way there. That's more people, uh, all these more people buying tickets to donate to students for Rock Vegas. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. I've told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville now, I would move to Portico. There'd be no question about it. I'd love to be that close to campus. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. Close enough for convenience, far enough away to have a little privacy. You can't beat it. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. Maybe get your ballgame weekend retreat. Maybe it's your primary residence. Maybe it's your retirement home. But either way, you need to have a place in Starkville. I would love for you to be my neighbor absolutely love it if I was moving to Starkville now it's absolutely where I'd move I, I live out in the sticks I'm, I'm happy out here I am but some nights you know when I, I decide you know what I think I'm hungry I'm gonna run to town sometimes I decide to eat a bowl of cereal because I just don't want to make that drive I'd love to be that close and there's a Walmart neighborhood market right there across in Portico which makes it awfully convenient I encourage you to reach out to my friend, your friend, Mississippi State friends, Brooks Bryan. It's 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. And that's the thing, too. I know that many of you have kind of had this dream of one day being a Stark villain. Make it a reality. You can't just call There's no obligation. You call Brooks, you get your information. Phase one's completely sold out. Phase two under construction now. Some of those homes are already sold. And if you need a custom build, like if you need some special things, they can, they can accommodate you. These are Mississippi State people that are making Starkville a better place to live. Be sure to go check them out today. Make Portico your next move. Okay, uh, let's talk about the road ahead uh, for Mississippi State. Maybe before we do, sometimes we lose track of our opponents, right? So unbeknownst to many of you, Memphis is undefeated since playing Mississippi State. We played them in week one. We knew they would be a quality G5 team. They have proven to be so far. They are three and one with wins over Navy, Arkansas State. They beat North Texas 44-34 and got booed, and then responded. And so offensively, they have played pretty well. Mississippi State allowed the fewest number of points of any Memphis opponent to date. So the Tigers now three and one. Arizona is two and two. They uh, they beat North Dakota State after they played us. To advance two and one. Over the weekend, they lose to Cal 49-31. So they're now two and two and oh and one within the conference. And LSU uh three and one. Of course, they beat New Mexico. We just talked about that. But um so in the early going of the, the opponents that we face so far, uh bowling Green's the one the long one that's having a losing season. It's still early, but I think it's important to kind of you know, look at that and realize that hey, you know what? This Memphis win, while we should always beat Memphis. Could Work out to be a quality win, and I told you guys I thought Arizona would struggle to make a bowl game. I think that's probably going to be the case, but um, improved yes, bowl team probably not. Then, of course, you know, LSU playing well and should be a bowl team as well. Uh, but the reality of it is, we, we have not played a week schedule like some other folks have. It's like you, people say, well, you know, it's not conference, and SEC is always, always weak. I mean, you know, again, Memphis. Memphis hadn't had a losing season in, what, 10 years or more? I'm, I'm happy with the win, especially after what happened last year. Again, we should always expect to win that game. But, um, you know, I want these teams after we beat them to go on and have good years, especially these non-conference teams. You know, the, the, the teams in the West, I don't, I don't really care if they ever win, you know. Uh, but the reality of it is, is I, I just kind of wanted to touch base on that because I think sometimes we get so laser focused on who we're playing and once they're in the rearview mirror, we, we don't talk about it much. All right, so let's talk about how important it is, this ballgame coming up with A&M. Now, A&M, of course, you know, last year was, you know, the dream year where they beat Nick Saban, and then the same year they lose to Arkansas State and Ole Miss. Now, they've already survived that Arkansas game, but we're going to have kind of a, you know, I hate to say a beat-up team, but we're going to have an A&M team in here still trying to kind of find a sense of themselves. When you go back and, and look at what they've done offensively, I think it's a good matchup for us. Not just because it's here and because we've had some great success against them in the last few years. I just don't think they're going to be able to score with Mississippi State. Sam Houston State, not a bad FCS team, but a 31-0 game. The next week they lose to App State, 17-14. But you would think, you know, 31 points against an FCS team is not enough, right? I mean, we just, you know, we just played bowling green and put up 45. You know, AB State lost this weekend to James Madison. Who leads the nation in rush defense. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. Then ADM puts up 17 against uh against Miami and then twenty-three, and of course they had to have a defensive touchdown to do it. So when you begin to look at the like the the last you know, three weeks, they're scoring in the teens. And so if we don't gift them something. I think this offense is going to have a real difficult time scoring points. We know they've had quarterback issues. That's no surprise. They've had a lot of uh, quarterback issues. I think when you begin to you know look at this A&M team and begin and again we'll break that down on Wednesday. This is not a team that's built to go on the road and win. And they have not played a true road game yet. Every game has been at home other than the neutral site game that was in Dallas. So they're going to face a hostile environment for the first time this year. And thanks to the Rock Vegas crowd, it should be a sellout crowd, right? I'm, I'm kidding. But, you know, it should be a raucous atmosphere even at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I would love to have a night game here. But they're going to be turned out in front of you guys. And this is, again, this is a team that we have had some great success against here in, uh, in recent years. Not to mention the fact, and this is probably something that will be undervalued this week, they play Alabama next week. And Jimbo and Nick had all these things to say in the media. So I kind of like where we're positioned. I said that when the schedule came out. They'll play Arkansas, which is will be a bloodletting, and it was. We get them at home, and then they go to Tuscaloosa. When we talk about trap games. I don't know if you can technically call it a trap game because of the fact that we normally beat AM. But I don't know that we could be positioned anywhere better on the schedule than where we are with AM. We Everything is in our direction. State is the favorite in this game. We should find a way to win this game, and uh, that would be huge for us and very detrimental to them. That makes them 3-2, and two, then all of a sudden you lose to Alabama, which we, we fully expect to it's three and three and then all of a sudden you're well on your way to eight and four again those are the things you begin to think about and look at you know the good thing for a m is is once you clear these road games at state you have a lot of games at home against teams that maybe are better than you but your your remaining road games in the league are against teams you should beat they go to south carolina they go to Auburn they should win those games. Everything else after Alabama, with the exception of those two games, are at home. So four of their last six are at home. So I think you could see them get hot a little bit per se because of the home field advantage and playing at Kyle Field. But they got to figure this thing out. They got to figure this thing out with a quarterback spot. And maybe, maybe Johnson's the guy. But the reality of it is this AM team is not great. And this is a team that we need to beat. We have everything going in our direction here. To beat these guys now, you get through A&M, and I expect us to win the game. I know many of you do as well. That makes Mississippi State four and one. And then we get Arkansas. Now, how will Arkansas handle losing that ball game the way they did, from an emotional standpoint? That kind of remains to be seen. And a lot of that goes down to coaching, goes down to leadership. It's all very interesting. But when you look at this Arkansas schedule, you know, early on, they have not been as impressive as maybe the ranking next to their name indicates. They beat Cincinnati by seven at home in Fayetteville, and Cincinnati obviously is not the team they were a year ago, and they're not a bad program, and they never will be under Fickle. But... That's the biggest win to date they have. But, you know, Cincinnati's 3-1, and one, but look at who they beat. Kennesaw State, Miami of Ohio, Indiana. Indiana's not even a real state. Then they beat South Carolina in Fayetteville. And then they struggle and put away Missouri State late. People forget that was a 27-17 lead for Missouri State in the fourth quarter in Fayetteville. And then they go on the road in a neutral side game at Jerry World and play a and you know what? This week, they're back in for When they show up at Mississippi State, after going through that meat grinder in, uh, against Hus- against Alabama, they're going to play Mississippi State in the first true road game of the year. I Again, I like forward position. Now, the next week, they get BYU on the road at BYU. Not that they'll be looking ahead to BYU, but BYU is a quality team as well. And so you look at this kind of a defining stretch for Arkansas. And you got to make hay when the sun is shining. BYU is three 3-1. Their long loss is at Oregon. So Arkansas, again, will play Alabama this week in a very physical ball game. It's two teams that like to run football. And then they will play their first true road game of the year at Mississippi State. I like it. I like it a lot. It's up to us to take advantage of these opportunities. So we have this three-game homestand and then we hit the road to Kentucky. Now, I don't think this is a great Kentucky team. You look at the numbers and say, you know what, they're top 10. they you know, And you know what? It is what it is. That's why we play a full schedule. That's why we play a full schedule. But Kentucky... It's really not been that impressive. They struggled a little bit with Miami of Ohio. They put them away in the second half, 37-13. They do beat Florida, and at the time, that felt like a tremendous win. And you know, Florida, of course, has been fairly mediocre. They struggled with Youngstown for a half, put them away in the second half, and strength strengthened a running game. And, and really, the difference is the, way, the strength and conditioning program, right? And then last week, they weren't impressive against Northern Illinois. And so you look at this and say, well, yeah, they beat Florida, but how good is Florida? Florida's two and two. Florida's not great, so they don't have a quality win. They'll play Ole Miss this week, and that'll be a big win for somebody. No matter how it turns out, I actually like Kentucky in the game because I think Kentucky. I think Mark Stoops gave Dan Mullen fits. He gave uh, Billy, Gunz, Billy um, Napier fits because the, he knows how to stop his own read. I think Mark Stoops is going to make Jackson Dart be a quarterback rather than just a facilitator of the zone read offense. Well, then the next week, they host South Carolina. Then they host us. The next week, they got to travel to Tennessee. So let's assume right now that Kentucky wins the next two games. And that's a big assumption. It is. This is Southeastern conference, and one of those is at Ole Miss, who's having a good year. Granted, the quality of the schedule is, is terrible. But they've won them. That's a big ball game. So you got to get up to go on the road to play a top 15 opponent. The next week, you're back home for two consecutive games, and you get Mississippi State, who absolutely skull you last year, and then you've got a top-ten opponent for the next week in Tennessee, again, I kind of like where we're positioned. I'd love it a little bit more maybe if we were between Ole Miss and Tennessee. I think South Carolina is a scrappy group. I don't know if they'll do enough to test them. But when you begin to look at the schedule, you know, uh, the good thing is, I guess for Kentucky, they get that bye week before they play Tennessee. But that is an important game for both teams. It's still a game I expect to win. That Kentucky secondary is terrible, absolutely terrible. And offensively, they're not putting up big numbers. They're just not. You know, the, the high point is 37 against Miami, Ohio. But, uh, you know, they're they're a team that probably wants to keep the game in the 20s. You just don't know if that happens. But this next three games is really, in many respects, the defining stretch in the Mississippi State schedule. If we're truly going to make it to eight and four, we've got to win two of these three. We, we need to win all three of them. But if we could win two of the next three, all of a sudden that makes you five and two heading into the back half of the schedule. I think you'd feel pretty good about that. But this is it. This is the defining stretch. And again, Mississippi State gets some greats in the schedule. We just got to go play football. We got to go play football. And you're like, you, you, so Let's say for an example, let's say we go two and three here, and then we are five and two, right? Well, you've got East Tennessee in your pocket. All right, that's six. So you're sure to go in the bowl game. Auburn comes here. That's a win. That's seven. And then I don't think you're going to be Alabama or Georgia, so you got to go win at Ole Miss to make it an eight and four a year. You win these next three, you know, the Egg Bowl could be for something really significant. Absolutely. I think it's important to understand that. You know, it's a game-by-game game schedule, but the reality of it is is that, you know, it's all there for the taking. You know, of course, Alabama and Georgia are going to be very difficult to play. I mean, they just are. The talent differential is so expansive. Two of the best teams in the country. I know some people early on were expecting us to beat Georgia. I wasn't one of them. I think that game can be competitive. But from an athletic standpoint, they're one of the best teams in the country. And so we got to go play the game. But the reality of it is, is that uh, the chance for us to win eight or nine is still very much there. you got to go take care of business this week. I, I think of the, t- the quote, toss-ups that we have, I think this is the one right now that favors Mississippi State perhaps the most because I just don't think this A&M offense can score and I think defensively, Mississippi State is better than some people give us credit for. You know, finally, you know, we had a one bad fourth quarter against LSU, but State's been really good against the run. A&M wants to run the football, and then you lose your best athlete at receiver. I need you to be there. I need you to be at Rock Vegas, and I need you to be loud and proud Saturday afternoon at Davis-Wade Stadium. I think it's important for everybody to come out and be a part of that. It's going to be a wild weekend in college football. We want it to be wild for the right reasons. Uh, in Starkville and it looks like it's going to be a really great day the high for Saturday right now is forecasted at 81 which you know in our minds feels like the 60s for everybody else but uh, 81 should be better than what it was this last weekend but uh, again it'll be in the afternoon game lows of 55 and a high of 81 and uh, we're expected to get to kind of like some fall weather this week in Starkville not as fall as I'd like it to be but um, you know I can live with a high of 81. Right, I think you guys can do, so most of the day will be in a symphony. So turn out be proud, be, be part of that and be proud of your Bulldogs. If you hadn't done so, go to dogpilethebook.com, and you can get all my sports books there. That's Dogpile, Pile, Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs. And Blooms of Oleander, of course, available through Amazon. And that's also on your e-reader, too. You can get Blooms of Oleander, which is, I'm happy to, uh, to offer for really the first time ever. If you need Stark Villains gear, you can find it at starkvillains.com. And, of course, as always, go to jeanspage.com. Come subscribe with us. we got the best experts out there. We work really hard. We cover all the games. We we actually go to games. Like, we go. Like, there are some people that, like, just watch games on TV around the the SEC, and then they want to, like, report on games just because of what – you saw the same thing on TV. They're not even there at the press conference to ask a question. But they'll go write an article for you. And maybe that's working smarter rather than harder. I just think that I want to be there there be a genuine article. I want to be able to ask Mike Leach a question. I want to be able to go on the road and talk to coaches and players and be able to be an advocate for you guys. That's some more emails coming in of people buying tickets for, uh, for Rock Vegas. So the next time we talk, I'm confident that we'll be announcing a sellout for Rock Vegas, which will be amazing. And thank again to all of you that were a part of that. Um, it's amazing to me that so many people were so incredible kind of helping with this, this show. And uh, I'm going to give you, you know, a quick rundown on that real quick. It's Campus Bookmark, Discount Building Materials of Starkville, Harvey's, Portico, Resilient Life Counseling, Security Technology Supply there in Central Mississippi, Soul Recovery, The Smith, and William Wells Tire and Auto. Big River, Rental of Canton, and the Valer Law Firm of Starkville. Those guys, outstanding people. And again, believing in Mississippi State, believing in, and Charlie Winfield and Bulldog Initiative and believing in me. And I I appreciate you guys so much. We're going to have a a killer time together uh, this Friday night at Rock Vegas. Look forward to seeing you all there. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,